victory is coming. The battle belongs to the Lord. And victory is coming. April showers bring May flowers. Victory is coming. Come on, somebody, if you believe that, just raise your hand right now and say, Victory is coming because the battle belongs to you, God. To you. It's not my battle. This is how I fight. I give my praises to the heavens and I'm going to see a victory. April showers bring May flowers. The coronavirus brings the best out of us. It's so good to be in God's presence this morning. It's really good. It's good to just have a moment to embrace the king. One-on-one, not through somebody else, but Jesus made a way that you could go to him directly. We can just give thanks to Christ right now directly. We don't need a mediator. God is good and worthy to be praised. Before you're seated, I want to give you this passage. Y'all have heard it. It's kind of important. It's in all four Gospels. The Gospels, you know, the reason there's four is because they have different audiences, different contexts, different purposes to convey to the reader. And when the Gospel mentions, every Gospel mentions the same thing, they don't always. Not every verse is the same. For example, Matthew is to the, to the Jews. So Matthew uses a lot of Jewish culture to Matthew was revealing that the Messiah had come. See, the Jews, the Jews were prepared for a Messiah. So Matthew was saying, hey, this who you've prepared for has come. Mark was revealing the authority of Jesus Christ. You notice Mark's gospel is a lot shorter. It's a different context. It's a different audience. Luke was revealing the humanity of Jesus Christ. Luke was a physician, so he could relate to the human nature of a man because he fixed people and their sickness for a living. And John, not to be biased, but it's my favorite gospel, referred to the deity that who we saw as Jesus was God in the flesh. We beheld his glory and knew, it starts off, then Jesus and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we knew, we beheld his glory and knew him not. We hung him on a cross. He's revealing that that flesh we crucified was full of the spirit of God and they can't be separated. So they all have different audiences and different contexts and there's a reason there's four, but this passage is in all four, which to me means pay attention, says the Lord. Matthew chapter three, verse one through three. It says, in those days, everybody say, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord prepare the way of the Lord look to your neighbor tell him prepare yourselves for the way of the Lord make his paths straight you may be seated in God's presence my subject this morning is purpose through preparation 
Purpose through preparation. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet. John knew what was coming. The Jews knew who the Messiah was to be because they knew the scriptures. They knew the Old Testament. They knew the law. They knew the prophecies just like we do now, except they knew it probably even better because it was part of their upbringing. Preparation. Purpose through preparation. I want to thank you first again for everybody who shares online. We want to thank you for that, all your giving. Thank you. Thank you for checking in on Facebook. Thank you for continuing to share these messages to a global audience who needs the Lord. You don't know who you're touching, but you're touching someone, and you'll be blessed for it. So thank you. So it's May time. April's over, and weather's nice, and this is the time of year. Usually we take a family trip. It was canceled this year. Well, we know why. Everything was canceled. Do y'all remember, like, taking trips? Do people still do that? Do people still take trips? Do you remember trips? Like, people, they go somewhere else. They leave their house and go somewhere. It's so weird. It's so weird, man. They, like, go somewhere outside of their house for an extended period, and they take photos and create memories. Some of the stuffed animals here are nodding their head. Yeah, I remember. I remember, says the owl next to Minnie Mouse. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm all right up here. It's just to create humor, guys. We like to take trips, and it's been weird because we, we haven't taken one in a while. But when we take a trip, me and Michelle, so we have family trips, and then we have trips for mom and dad to, to, to decompress from the normal every so often, not too often. But when we take trips, we plan the trips. We don't just take a dart, some of you might, and just throw it against the map and say, that's where we're going. No, we go to TripAdvisor. We look at the reviews, and though they are helpful, they are not always adequate, adequate, let me tell you. Five stars, but man, that was the worst fish I ever had. But it says it was so good. So I guess we were just there on the off day. But we plan, we go to TripAdvisor. We start watching some YouTube videos about the hotel or the resort. We start checking out the pools. We start researching what restaurants we plan our time there. Usually it's maybe five days. We plan what restaurants are in the area. Are we going to have to take a taxi? Do we got to rent a car? Where are our seats going to be on the plane? Because I got, I got weirdness about planes in general. So I like to know ahead of time where I'm seated. I used to be with Southwest, and I couldn't handle being a Southwest customer because you know why, all you Southwest people. You don't get to pick your seat. It's just a free-for-all. If you're in group A, you can board now, and it's a free-for-all for whatever seat you get. And I didn't like not knowing where I was going to be seated because there was enough anxiousness already that we were going to be flying 30,000 feet above midair, you know. And so, and so I already prayed over the planes, but I wanted to at least know where I'd be seated. I wanted to be prepared. So there's all this preparation, and it's months ahead of the trip. And then we go do the trip, and it goes, you know, according to our preparation. There's nothing usually that comes from the trip that shocks us because we were prepared on what the trip itinerary looked like. We took a trip. Where was it? Oh, the, yeah, there. Yeah, we took a trip there just, what was it, six weeks ago? 
couple, couple months ago, y'all saw the photos online. Come on, I know it was nice, but listen. We were on the trip, you know, and, and then we're getting to like maybe two days before the trip ends, and uh, we had really planned well. We, we, knew, we, knew, the, we knew the issues with the, the potential issues with the germs and the masks and all that. And we were very informed. And we were very prepared. But we, we knew that it was still considered safe where we were going. And we were balancing risk versus, you know, success. Failure versus success. Risk versus reward. We were balancing all these things. And we decided to pursue the trip. And by like the second to last day, we get this text message. Or a few, and this is not knocking the text messages. We got these out of love. But this was especially powerful because in a glimpse of a second, I saw the Jesus leave my wife's body for a moment. She was whiter than white. And I said, you know, you should be more tan than this because we've been on the beach, right? And she was so white, I'd never seen the look of fear go through her eyes and her, her, her flesh so fast in her and in, in knowing her in all these years and the look of fear was so strong in her face by something she just read something that we weren't prepared for and the message said if you don't leave by so-and-so tomorrow you're not going to get to come home according to the news I'm paraphrasing and again, this was sent out of love. And it makes a good example now, though, because it was saying if we didn't leave sooner, we were going to be stuck where we were. And so the look of, I mean, ghost white, you want to talk about white, like white, white, like hashtag FFFFFF for all you geeks out there. Yeah, dex, hexadecimal value, true white. She went white. And the look of terror was over her face when she read this. And I said, hold up, hold up. Let's find the truth. Let's go to Google. So I'm not saying Google is a liar, but Google is accurate sometimes. We found out it wasn't, wasn't true. It wasn't totally right. It was similar, but not true. But either, either way, we were safe, but we were not prepared to be stuck in isolation in a foreign country while our children were home with our kids, see, we had prepared as much as we thought we could, but there's some stuff you just never prepare for. And thank God we got home and all was well and we, you know, self-quarantined and all that. Hey, we're still doing that. It's just a thing to do nowadays, be quarantined. But we had prepared as much as we could and we still got hit with something we didn't expect. And that wasn't the only thing on that trip. That was just a good illustration for you to get my point here, that you can prepare all day long. And sometimes you're still never going to know what the end result looks like. You're not going to be able to forecast everything. There has to be a balance. And it's hard to prepare for something you don't know about. It's hard to prepare for something you don't know about. And it's even more so hard to get prepared if you don't trust in the thing you're supposed to be preparing for. If you don't believe it, if you're not trusting in it, if you don't know about it, it's hard to prepare for something you don't believe in. What if preparation, though, was the key to understanding the value in the things God is trying to give you? What if preparation is the reason you're not receiving what he's been trying to give you? When we're not prepared... Situations, maybe y'all have felt this recently. Let's say the coronavirus, situations can come as a shock and leave us feeling scattered, bewildered, at a loss, 
feeling hopeless when you're not prepared. To be prepared of the things of God, to be prepared for God, to be prepared for what God has for you is to be prepared in his word. You take away his word, you cannot prepare for the things of God because God is his word and they cannot be separated. So when you take the word out of your life, you can't prepare for what God has for you because you don't know what it looks like. You don't even know how to prepare for what it might look like. Remember the passage said, for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet. How did he know? Because he knew the prophecy of Isaiah. It was spoken of in his word. So he was prepared according to what the word said would come to pass. God's preparing your future. But in order for you to find it, you have to start preparing now. Touch your neighbor, tell him now, not later, according to his word. And through this process, purpose is revealed through your preparation. Purpose is revealed through preparation. And it's tough. It's tough right now because some things are out of our hands. I can't, I can't control that. I can't force other people to open up the doors because I want them to. I can't say we need to go back to do this X, Y, Z because I want them to. It's out of my hands. And if you're a planner like me, you don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like when I can't plan accordingly because I'm a planner. Y'all don't even know this morning, I, my notes, if my notes get too scribbly on Sunday morning because I, I like to add inspiration that comes the morning of, I retype them because I don't like the mess and I can't even read my own handwriting half the time. I heard that means I'm really intelligent. I don't know how true that is. Michelle said it's a not, not a true statistic that, it, that the worse your handwriting is, it doesn't mean how smart you are, but I think it's because I'm so smart, right, that I can't read my own handwriting. But, but really, the problem is I don't like the mess of, of the sloppiness of the preparation looks unorganized to me and leaves me feeling scattered. So I go retype and I reprint and I, I reuse my colored ink on my laser colored printer and I waste all that because I don't like feeling unprepared. Any other planners in the camera? Is there any other planners in the camera? And if you're a planner like me and you got OCD like me because you don't, you don't like feeling unprepared, just give me an amen or something. Come on, somebody. I know I'm not the only one. Planners don't like last-minute changes. And when there's something we can't predict, it's hard to handle the outcome because we can't foresee what it looks like. So, so we can just become um, inefficient. We can become vulnerable to the attack because we don't even know how to make sense of what steps to take. We've, we've lost focus is what that can do to someone who's so used to being prepared and so, so planned out. Now, on the other hand, maybe we got some people who aren't planners in the room. Some of these dolls looked at me like they didn't even think about what they're going to wear to church this morning. Maybe, maybe there's some of you in the camera that they're, they're not a planner. Anyway, so, so the benefit of not being a planner is it never bothered you because you didn't know anything about it anyway. You didn't know to be stressed out because you didn't have a plan to begin with. That's a good thing in the moment. That's a bad thing when the plan comes to fruition and you miss it. 
So just like the planner can overplan and then I'll be able to handle any change, someone who doesn't plan anything can miss the boat because they don't even know what it's supposed to look like when it shows up, says the people who didn't get on the ark. Says it was right in front of them. But the people, the people, I know, I know the scripture, and the scripture says that they were playing on their smartphones when Noah was building that ark, and they were on social media, and they were doing all these things, and the ark was starting to take, take you know, leave the shoreline, and they're like, I don't remember no boat coming. There was no boat. John the Baptist, who's that? Was he a Baptist? John the Baptist, what? Who's that? I don't, Bible, what? I don't need that. I'm busy. Preparation is how you find purpose. Purpose is real, revealed through preparation. And by not knowing, you may miss an opportunity that you would have cherished. Whichever type you are, you must be prepared but not derailed when it looks different upon arrival. It looks different upon arrival. What if we invested our preparation in God like we've invested in our meat collection? What if we've invested in God like we have our nice pork steaks for our pork steak dinners in the loo? Barbecue pork steaks is the loo tradition. And what if we had that kind of faithfulness to God's word to prepare for his kingdom come? Thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven as I do my pork steaks in the fear of running out. Dear God, what will we do? They're limiting us to two pork steaks? No, Lonnie, two. <sighs> what will I do? But I got my toilet paper. I got my sanitizer. And I got my masks on eBay. I paid $500 for those masks. And now I got about 500 extra. But I guess I can sell them for, I don't know. I'm prepared. I'm so prepared. But God says, what are you preparing in? Are you preparing in the things that matter most? You know you will prepare according to your priorities. Where your priority is, is where you'll plan it out. Otherwise, maybe you're leaving it out. Maybe you're putting it last. Purpose is revealed through preparation. When me and Michelle got married, 13 years this month, Lord Jesus, thank you God for her putting up with me all this time, 826, if you want to send us a gift, just because we're on house, you know, we're on house arrest with the, with, the, with the government or whatever, doesn't mean we can't take a gift through the mail. So if you want to give us an Amazon gift card, whatever you want to do, we're okay with that. Just kidding. Well, sort of. Y'all know we've been making a lot of bread lately. Maybe you can do something in the bread flour. I don't know. We got married, though, 13 years this, this month. Give it a praise for Michelle putting up with me. Thank you, Michelle. We grew up thinking marriage will look like this. We prepared according to Snow White and Cinderella and all the Disney movies because you know they're truthful. And when marriage came, it was good. It wasn't what we thought per se. It wasn't what we had prepared for. But we had prepared enough knowing that whatever it comes... I am prepared to endure because I don't know what it looks like, but I am willing to make the best of it according to my covenant with my spouse and my God. And it's a union, and I'm making covenant. And it wasn't always bunnies and flowers out in the field. Sometimes it was very tough, very tough. But our love surpassed 
our obstacles. And we knew that our commitment was deeper. And so that's what brought more value to our relationship, was working through adversity with each other, with the world. Sometimes something happens to your spouse and you got to be there for them. And something, some, sometimes something happens with you and they got to be there for you. And sometimes there's something happening with each other and you got to be there for each other. And in all things, you keep God as your foundation and you work through it. And it didn't look like always what we thought it would be, but it starts becoming clearer and working towards that beautiful scenery as you work through it and continue to prepare your hearts and minds according to the scripture. And that's what we did. We prepared, no matter what, to work it out. And it's been the best part of my life. And I would never go back. And I'm so thankful for a spouse who loves me unconditionally. But preparation gave us the understanding of what we were getting into, whether it was fun or not at times. That's what made us stick it out. Because sometimes your purpose is like, well, what's my purpose? God has a purpose. What is it? It's being revealed as you prepare. It's being revealed. It's not going to be clear up front. This church wasn't clear up front. It was just a, a, a calling on my heart. I didn't know what it looked like up front, but I started preparing for something. I started preparing according to the scriptures, just giving my whole heart to God. I started getting in his word stronger and God started making my path straight. Look at John. Look at John. You know, John was a crazy man. He didn't look Christian. He didn't look the part. He was probably looked more like the ones we judge when they walk in the door. Wild locusts, honey. Long hair. He's a wild man. And here this man is shouting, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. So he's saying, guess what? I am preparing you because I've been prepared by him. That's what John is saying. And only that John knew that because he was prepared according to God's word. Make his paths straight. Jesus, make the path to Jesus straight. Come now, repent. John is clear of his purpose at this point because he recognized his calling through his preparation. And it's the same with you. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for his church. John had a plan because he knew what God's word said was to come. Remember, this is to the Jews. They knew the prophecy of the Messiah to come. But it's in all four Gospels. It's relevant. Touch your neighbor, tell them it's relevant. Preparation is relevant. Preparation matters. All four Gospels. God is saying, pay attention to my plan. God is saying, I remember when they laughed at Noah. They didn't take the plan seriously. And again, we plan based on our priorities. Back to me and Michelle. We do different things. I pay the bills. I monitor the bills. Michelle plans the food. She takes care of our kids. She makes sure they have the right clothes, when and where. We go out of town. She makes sure the food is bought ahead of time for the week so we don't have to go to the stores because, you know, the whole germ thing and all these things. And we, we, we prepare according to our priorities that we believe matter. 
and we act upon them. And through that preparation, purpose is revealed. God says, I'm coming for you, but right now I need you to labor in my name. Quit worrying about what it's going to look like this summer. Quit worrying about how church is going to look afterwards. God says, quit worrying about how it's going to look to you and just be the laborers I need in my field. He says, I don't need ox. I need a boat. I'm not here to empower you with yourself. I'm here to work through you. I need a vessel to shine through. And unless you're willing to put your boat out on the water, you are not preparing to be the children of God. Can I get an amen for that? Come on, somebody. He's not looking for ox. He's looking for vessels. He's looking for people to labor. Don't worry about the outcome. Just prepare according to my calling. When you are called to something, you will prepare towards the calling. And as you work towards that calling, God will reveal the purpose through it. The path will become straighter. Your path may be like this right now. Make his path straight. God will make your path straight as you follow your calling. Purpose is your path. And the purpose is windy right now. I don't know what it looks like. It's up and down. It's like the ninja at Six Flags. I want a nice, straight, log flume, Six Flags purpose. Anybody? Come on, give me a shout out for the, for the log ride. 80s baby right there. We want a straight shot to God's purpose. And the only way we can see it straighter, to see that path straightening out, is to prepare ourselves more. Well, I've been preparing. Have you? God says, prepare more. Turn your eyes towards me, says the Lord, in everything you do, because I have a plan for you. Discover your perfect plan made just for you is our vision statement. Preparation is keeping God's promise at heart when the storm comes. Guess what? You know, you know when the coronavirus hit and we were all scared everybody was a little freaked out but those who are strong in the lord stayed calm because they know god's promise that this is only for a season this is not here to wipe us out i know the promises of the lord because i've been preparing for his arrival according to the scripture so we have to keep our peace by staying prepared preparation loss means we lose our peace because you don't know what to look for, you don't know what to expect, and you don't know what is to come. And that is through his word. I need to stay close to Jesus so I can recognize what is of God when it shows up. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you need to stay close to Jesus so you can recognize God when he shows up. Don't miss the boat. And here's what's so cool. When John decided to pursue his calling and prepare ye the way of the Lord to make his path straight according to the preparation revealed by the prophet Isaiah, he started making disciples. His actions started affecting other people. He told other people in the process, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So now his purpose has come to fruition and John knew it. And now he's extending the reach to the, to the others becoming disciples by the minute because they knew what was up because they knew the prophecy as well. Preparation does so much more than just fulfilling your purpose, but extends God's reach to those around us. And your purpose will be revealed 
through where you're willing to reach for God, where you're willing to stretch for God. It doesn't say purpose will be revealed by keeping it to yourself. It's saying as you reach and extend what you've been given through your calling, it will become clearer and clearer and straighter and the path will not look so distant and far, but you'll see the light right at the end of the tunnel. It will become clear. God desires to labor through you, not as ox, but as boats. You're a vessel. A vessel carries something. The vessel is carrying the spirit of the Lord to the masses. We shall become his arms and feet. We shall replace his body. We were meant for the ministry. You know, you all were called to ministry. It's just a matter of how long before you figure it out. Because when you become accountable of the truth of the gospel, your life now becomes a ministry to the world. Because to whom much is given, much is required. And God will give you that revelation that you are here to exalt him. Purpose is revealed through preparation. And preparation will get you to a place of seeing what it really is, the path to purpose. When I prepare, I know what to look for because I knew the prophecy. I knew what he should come as, the form of a lamb. He was a lion and a lamb. I knew. God spoke. I knew God spoke and said, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. I knew. I knew because the dove descended. I knew. I knew. Because the word said what to watch for. That's not just a wood boat Noah was building. I know I keep jumping back to Noah because I just love that. It's not just a wood boat that Noah was building. It was an extension of God to spare mankind. What you see as a wood boat that just floated off with some animals was actually God trying to extend his reach to spare humanity. It's deeper. It's deeper than what this sees. It's deeper than what this hears. Let your spiritual eyes and ears be open unto the word of the Lord. John the Baptist, he's not just some crazy, stinky, unshaven, wild man. He is prophetically come to fruition to preach the good news of the Messiah has come. He come to preach unto repentance, but Jesus come to preach with the baptism of fire and the Holy Spirit unto salvation. John knew the word, and so then he knew how to act upon his calling. If y'all could stand with me this morning. It takes an unconditional reach for God to reveal purpose through your preparation. Take yourself out of the equation, and you will become the center of the blessing. It's that easy. Take yourself out of the equation. In my life, I'm giving to God, and you'll become the center of the overflowing blessing that God has in your life. This past week, oh, Lord, talk about, is carbs on the sin list? Is carbs sin? I think I've, 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 I've over, overdone the carbs this week. I've made about nine loaves of bread in like four days, and I'm not joking, and that's not including the pizza doughs I made. That's not including the pizza doughs. And, and, and oh my goodness, I went through two, four, six, probably 10 pounds of flour this week. So you know I had to go buy the big 55-pound 50 bag to endure because my supply was running short. But Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
See, the bread, the bread fills me up and leaves me lethargic and thinking, oh God, why did I eat so much dough? I feel sick now. Because God says you need more than bread alone. Bread will not sustain you alone. It's just for a minute, like my manna. It's just for a minute. But tomorrow you need new bread. You need something to keep you unless you eat of this body, says Christ. I am the bread of life, he said. You need a bread that's eternal. You need to prepare for the bread of life. Don't neglect preparation. I'm preaching to myself. I spent years putting off God's word because I knew enough to get by. I knew enough to get by, but I didn't have enough to move forward. Does that make sense? You can sustain where you're at in your walk with Christ, or you can actually move towards where God's really trying to get you to go that you don't even know about yet because you don't have enough word in you. You need his word in you. You can't bring forth new fruit of the Lord without his word planting in you. It is the word of life. It is life-giving. So I encourage you this morning to make time and priority for God's word in your life as you would those pork steaks. Guilty. As you would these other things. As you would the time you spend sharing all the stuff about the coronavirus to the world. Spend some of that time giving back to yourself and ingesting the word of God. Because if you really want to change them, they're going to extend, you're going to extend the reach through the calling you find on your life. Because you prepared according to the way of the Lord first. And then God will give the increase. Don't work it backwards. Work it the right way. Let God come into you. Let his word pour into you. And if you really want to change them and see their life blessed, you will make disciples because they will see it in you. Insert your name here. They will see it in me. I must prepare for myself and my family because I am not going to be led astray according to God's gospel upon his return to rapture his church to the kingdom. This is not games people this is real and i've got to be aware of what the scripture says or the devil the bible says that i'm deceived by the enemy and i shall not have the wool pulling over my eyes so when the storm comes and the adversity comes i'm not going to be shaken because i'm standing on holy ground because i've been prepared according to god's promise and we're going to get through it we're going to get through this rainy april showers because this month brings may flowers and i'm going to see a victory touch your neighbor and tell them i'm going to see a victory because the because the, the battle is the lord's the battle is with him it's good Come on, give him some praise right now if it's good. And if I had some more move, I'd be running around right now. But I don't want to knock over this pulpit. So, God, we come to you right now. We are so thankful that we get to praise you anywhere we want. In a basement, outside on the streets, in the, in the house of God. It doesn't matter because wherever you are is your dominion, God. We give you thanks today. Prepare our hearts. Make our path straight. Let us not be fools according to your word, but let us receive with open arms the gospel that you have set before us. And I will not let my family slip because of lack of my preparation. I am going to prepare to the best of my abilities so that when you come, God, we know it's you. And if the house of God can say, in Jesus' name, amen.